2: One goo three, yeah. Back and goo. Jaws three. Mac and goo. King of Queens. Back and goo. Meryl Street. Mac
1: and goo. Entertainment.
2: Thank you, Marcus. And we're back with another episode of Mac and Goo sitting here with Mac.
3: Fox Sound. What's up, Goo? Nothing much, Mac. Riding high right now. Yeah, we were on uh, the actual real live radio. Live on the old boombox. What is it? The old ghetto blaster. How do you explain podcasts to people?
2: It is radio on demand.
3: Right. We were on radio. When no one demanded it. When no one demanded it. Sunday nights, 9 to midnight, up front with Chris Sitterberg on WBZ radio across 38 states, I believe.
2: When it is dark out, AM radio travels further.
3: (laughs) So, yeah, we were there. Second time Chris had us in. Thank you to Chris. Uh, Always an enjoyable experience.
2: Absolutely. Mac. Yeah. Time to tend to some social media issues. Right,
3: right. So episode 20, uh, before the WrestleMania episode. Which we we can all just forget about. Yeah, it didn't really happen. Um, We'll cut that in post. (laughs) This (laughs) is the whole episode. Uh, We had our second Mac and Gooby Vault uh, nomination. We narrowed it down to Toy Story versus Billy Madison. We were in agreement, so it wasn't much of a debate.
2: I think we were in agreement the entire list, saying that 1995 was a dope year for movies, especially Mac and Goo movies. Yeah, Not for these super Oscar buzzworthy transcendent movies. It was a good year. It was a really, really good year, and Mm -hmm. there were like 12 movies that really hit us.
3: Yeah, I I think... Uh, when I looked at the list, Toy Story was automatically in there and I had a really hard time picking my second one. So it's a great year for movies in terms of staying power for movies. Movies you look back and like, wow, that movie's still relevant 20 years later. So we narrowed it down to Toy Story and Billy Madison and we put it up to vote on the Twitter machine for the Mac and Goobers. And drum roll, please. Toy Story, your winner for 1995. 68%. So more than two thirds of the people agreed with Mac and Goo. And I think... It's a tough sell to pick anything other than Toy Story.
2: I would say this about the Billy Madison people, is that the people that preferred Billy Madison, like, love that movie. And I think if there was a war, the people that, (laughs) even though the Billy Madison people are right. I think they would win because they're more passionate about that movie. I think Toy Story is an easy see and click, and that's okay. That's a classic movie. The Billy Madison people love Billy Madison. We did
3: get a couple tweets, text, emails from Billy Madison people just really upset the pole, that Toy yes. Story yeah. was even you know, winning in the nominee. Because if you're a Billy Madison guy, like that's it. That's the best movie of the year.
2: Yes. And speaking of Billy Madison, uh, Adam Sandler just signed a new contract with Netflix to get <laughs> yeah. four more movies, which yeah. I'm going to say this, I'm absolutely fine with.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Netflix movies he's produced and you know, directed whatever it is, uh, they've gotten better.
2: Well, when you start with the Cobbler, yeah. there's nowhere yeah, no, but it's up. Yeah, that's true.
3: <laughs> the Cobbler was so bad that it spawned this podcast. <laughs> you were like, I need an, I need somewhere to talk about this piece of shit movie. How bad this is, it's so good.
2: Mac Ampersand Goo would not be around right now <laughs> yeah. if it were not for Adam Sandler's The right.
3: Cobbler. So we owe our uh, yeah, we just Life. owe our we, yeah, we owe our lives to Adam Sandler. Agreed. <laughs> Mac and Goo, an Adam Sandler production.
2: And now, Mac and Goose, Boob Tube, Grab Bag. There it is. Thank you, Sarge. The Boob Tube Grab Bag this yeah. week. We've got a couple shows, Mac.
3: Yeah, I would say two of the most buzzworthy shows going on right now. Yeah. Uh, one for better, one for worse. We'll be talking about Legion and Iron Fist. We're going to start off with Legion. Let's we'll start get, with Legion. We'll get to Iron Fist Legion is a Marvel production. It's in the Marvel family, aired on FX. The first thing I think that Goo and I will say is the strong point of it, eight episodes. Eight episodes. You're in and you're out. There's not a lot of BS. There was one episode I didn't really love, but start to finish, eight episodes, you're in and you're out. And in terms of rewatchability, if you say, hey, someone, you should go watch the show, it's only eight episodes. It's really easy for people to hop in on.
2: I do think there was a bit of a slow burn at the beginning. Uh, The first episode is an hour and a half long, and although the last half an hour of that episode really picks up and it's a great episode, a little tough at the beginning. And then the second and third episodes aren't great.
3: Well, here's the thing they had going for them, is people knew it was a Marvel production. They knew kind of what they were getting into, so I think they preyed on that. They're like, all right, we're going to do a bunch of setup here, a bunch of, you know kind of exploration and then we'll see where it goes
2: and i applaud this show completely for not giving into any conventional way of creating a show yeah this show is out there and it is nuts
3: it's i'm stealing this from somewhere but i think it's the first thing you think of it's it's got an inception yeah quality to it and that's great i mean i loved inception most people do so you get the sense of you don't really know what's going on the timeline you don't know You don't know if something's real or some people are real. And so when you have that looming over the show, it makes it really great because you have to pay attention. You have to try to kind of figure out what's going on.
2: So one of the problems that I had with it, and it is one of the show's main stars, and that is Aubrey Plaza, who does give a pretty good performance.
3: We are notable Aubrey Plaza detractors.
2: I don't like her in general, so mm. it was tough for me to separate her from the
3: character. I, I hear that. I actually think she did a pretty good job, especially I, I mean, from what our expectations I she,
2: were. I think she did a good job. I'm just not a big plot. Yeah, person.
3: Yeah, I hear that. I, I, th- I would say this is our the first time that we could pay compliments to her outside of like a, that weird comedic role that yeah. she's good at playing. That's the only thing she is good at. This was a serious role, a deep, dark role, and I thought she was was quite good at it so we'll see how it goes if she's going to be playing the same part because we'll talk a little bit of spoilers here. Yeah, She's a projection in David's mind.
2: She is a she, virus.
3: She was a real-life friend that looked like that, but then she in David's mind, she is the projection. So now, you know, end of the season, she might be in someone else's mind, so she's probably not going to project that way. So I don't know if she's going to return for season two, uh, but I would say she knocked it out of the park for what we were expecting.
2: I thought that Dan Stevens as David – Did a phenomenal job. I thought he was very, very good because he had to carry this show.
3: Yeah, especially early on. It's really David and it's a little bit of Sid. He's the guy. I mean, if you don't buy into him, you're not going to like those first three episodes. No. And and so, like, that's kind of what you said. It was a lot of setup, a lot of diving into David and his, you know, mental history, his life history. He did a great job at playing that bewildered guy who's just trying to figure out what the hell is going on with them, you know. You could see the manic part of him. You could see the depression part of him. You could, I mean, he's playing a schizophrenic. And, I, and yeah. I thought that, I mean, I don't really know any schizophrenics, but I would say he did it pretty gosh darn well.
2: I thought Sid was fine. I thought one of the better supporting roles in it would be Bill Irwin's Carrie Ludermilk. He was the uh, doctor. Yeah. Ludermilk? Ludermilk? Schlaudermilk. Schlaude milk, German. Ludermilk. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't like Sid? I thought Sid was fine.
3: Okay. I I thought 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 she she was was
2: good. I thought that she was good. I thought she's kind of forgettable. And what's weird about her power is it's a very forgettable power. Like, you keep forgetting what her power is during the show.
3: But secretly, it might be the most powerful power because she can just take everyone. She can switch bodies with everyone. So, hypothetically, she could kind of like the Shadow King does. You can jump from body to body. I mean, she touches you, and she's, she's you. It's a, a bit of a, as far as X-Men go, she's kind of like Rogue, where and of, she drains of course, you when she touches you.
2: And of course, episode one, that's how David got out, was they switch bodies. Which was,
3: because you don't know what's going on at the time, that, that was very confusing, but a great scene.
2: But that was also what saved it for me in episode one, because at that point, I'm watching with my girlfriend, and it's tough you know, to have her sit with me and watch this show, yeah. where she's super bored, and then it is dragging on. Yep. But then when you get that in the first episode, and you're like, we're about to get some fucked up shit. Yeah. And you are all in well, at that point.
3: Yeah, because nothing really weird is happening yet. So you're kind of you're watching the show thinking it's a mutant show. You know, people have powers. You know, let's see those. And you don't get that until that switch happens. And you're like, oh, man, there's going to be so many possibilities with yeah. this show. And that's what we saw. Like, it's kind of inceptioning a dream world situation in some instances. And uh, I think that's the best part about uh, David's powers. It's limitless. Yeah. So in terms of, of making a television show, that's awesome because every episode could bring something new.
2: Yeah, they didn't over rely on action scenes. Yeah. I think there was maybe only like one straight up action scene. And after that, they would kind of play around with it, where it'd be you either watching tapes of it, which is what you saw in episode four, or episode five, I can't think of it. Yeah. But then in episode seven, the way that they told the story through the chalkboard or the silent movie, which I think is one of the best things I've seen in any superhero show, maybe outside of the stairway scene in Daredevil. Yeah. I think those are top two for me. That silent film scene gives me chills. It's
3: dope. There were so many things in episode seven that just make you like wonder about the possibilities of where the show is going. I was giddy. how they're doing stuff. And you had seen it before me. Texted me that. So I got excited and then it met and exceeded expectations. Yeah. Episode seven of this show was I would say um, it was better than the finale because the finale had some things that it had to set forward for the yeah. second season. But episode seven is something you could watch over and over and not get sick of. It's just a great. A great singular episode. And like you said, I mean, there's been a lot of good Netflix episodes of these Marvel things. Episode 7 might be my favorite episode of any type of comic hero show ever.
2: I agree completely. And for this show, I mean, some people do go back and they rewatch episodes. They look for little Easter eggs, look for this. I generally only watch a show once. Yeah. Episode 7, I actually did go back and watch three times. (laughs) I loved Episode 7.
3: Well, I I will say a bit of a problem with this show is you, I did have to go back and rewatch a couple episodes because it's something you have to pay attention. So if you're looking down at your phone for two minutes, you might have missed something that's central to the whole entire storyline. Yeah. So in terms of that, it's, it's kind of got a Westworld thing to it yeah. where you have to pay attention at all times.
2: And then Brendan starts sending us pictures of people standing <laughs> in the background. Oh, like,
3: "That That is a good point.
2: We're like, who the F is that guy? Because so, I'm, I'm creeped out by
3: Was him. that the the first episode? Did we confirm that? The pilot episode? I think so, yeah. I watch everything. Goose brother texts him a picture of a still shot from the scene. In episode one, and and there's someone just hanging out in the background as a tree,
2: and I'm like dressed oh as a my- tree.
3: So goose sends it to me, and I'm just like I'm in a tizzy. I'm on Reddit. I'm trying to find it. No one on the internet has brought this up. No, no. So one. we we don't know what this is. And then the, we got a couple more screenshots in episode one. There's someone just in the background. It's of,
2: either one or two,
3: but yeah, in yeah. those first couple episodes, there's just a random person in the background, and it's not you know a mistake. Like they're meant to be there. Who was that person? My theory was it's Jermaine, maybe, because he yeah. can kind of see into the, the real world, but he wouldn't have known who David was at that point. So yeah. I, I don't know. Something for maybe one of our listeners can go research the Person in the background, maybe those Brendan scenes.
2: can uh, stop watching TV for a second and go watch this TV and <laughs> yeah. find out more for us. Speaking of Jermaine, yeah, a welcome, great addition to this show because yeah. he was a part of some of the coolest scenes.
3: Yeah, he doesn't come in until what episode four or five, maybe yeah. he was only in five episodes. Yeah, and, and uh, I love the guy. It's Jermaine from Flight of the Conquers, Jermaine Clement. Yeah, he's a very good actor, uh, very talented guy. The use of him in this show was great because I've done some internet research he's also a very powerful mutant. And you come to find he's kind of been stuck in that sunken place for 20-odd years. Um, so that leads to some great possibilities for season two. But I just thought he acted it well, portrayed it well, and he's actually pretty central to the plot And the what
2: end. he does very, very well is that he can take a line that's very, very serious and yeah. put a very comical spin on it. His
3: delivery is unbelievable.
2: Unbelievable. He was so good. Yeah. I know earlier I said I have a problem with Aubrey Plaza, but thinking back to it now, she was in two or three of the cooler scenes of the show. Yeah, she was. Because she was a central point in that silent film. And the silent with,
3: film one, she's awesome. She's
2: awesome. And she has a Tim burton feel to yes, her. Yes, yep. Uh, with like the big, she
3: almost looks like, as a human being, it's almost looked like Tim Burton created her.
2: Yeah, she looks like Tim Burton created her because she's also in that weird music video thing, I think, the, like two episodes <laughs> yeah, prior. Yep. Early Tim Burton yeah, feel to she, her.
3: She's extremely good at being awkward and weird. Yeah. And, and that's what some of this role called for.
2: I'd say the one character that I did actually hate Mm -hmm. would be the eye. So the only good thing about him was the payoff of seeing him get crunched and just blood flying out of his eyes. It
3: was a great death. Great death. An
2: amazing death. And he had like a Dan Shaughnessy fro. (laughs)
3: Yeah, he did. A little little jerry curl thing going there. He didn't speak much, so it's hard to judge him. I thought he was fine as like the pseudo villain in the first few episodes. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't mind him. I'll put it this way. I didn't hate any of the actors in this show, and uh, that's tough to do. There's usually one or two that might have detracted from the show. I thought everyone was well cast, uh, executed well. The writing was through the roof, uh, so I don't have anything bad to say about the acting.
2: The one character, so he was in episode one and then the final episode, the interrogator, played by oh, the guy Amish Linklid. the guy that's been
3: in a million yeah. things.
2: So he kind of bookended the uh, show. And that final episode that was a bit slow after the seventh episode where they kind of tried to wrap everything up. Yeah. He played a pretty vital role in that. And I like how they gave him that entire backstory,
3: too. Hamish Linklater. That's just an unforgettable name. Hamish or Hamish? 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 Hamish. Hamish Hamish Linklater. Um, Everyone's German now. (laughs) He uh, was actually kind of annoying in that first episode. And then he is great in the final episode. Yeah. Um, actually the whole first 15 to 20 minutes is is an episode about him in the finale. And
2: I mean, you probably could have shrunk that up a little bit. You could have, you
3: definitely could have, but he is a very interesting character, very interesting character that I think is going to be more prominent in season two. And it was kind of nice as a bookend to say, oh yeah, that's that guy that got all burnt up in the first episode. So I thought he was fine
2: a show that is filled with memorable scenes, memorable visions, really. Like, this is something that you can take stills of and just kind of look at and examine every little piece of what's in every set. What was your favorite scene? Or what was a couple of your favorite scenes
3: here? I loved pretty much anything in that insane asylum because they kept the walls and the background so dark and dreary, like a cement type of look. Yeah, And then everyone is wearing these bright orange and yellow jumpsuits, almost like superhero jumpsuits. I just thought the, the aesthetics of that is awesome because it's, you have these quote unquote Looney Tune characters, you know, that are stuck in the Looney bin and they're wearing these outlandish colors. So it's, it's just like, it's kind of one of those, because all everyone that works there is wearing a neutral color to show their norm.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved. We are gathered here
1: today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>
3: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And
3: then you're making these guys stick out in jumpsuits. Yeah. I just think all the underlying tones there with just most shows do that, but I just think it's a nice touch to see they portrayed an insane asylum well.
2: I would say scene-wise, and I already said this, the silent film scene is my favorite. Bar none, blew me away. Like When it was first happened, I'm like, what are they doing?
3: (laughs) And I'm like, this is amazing. And
2: just every single part of it, it was choreographed perfectly. From the music, from Jermaine to the mannerisms of Aubrey Plaza, crushes it. And in that same episode, you have another amazing part where David tells a story to himself through a chalkboard where he's kind of giving away who his father is. Right, right. Because and, and they, they never came out in flat-out and,
3: and we won't say it here, because I don't want to ruin it for people that don't know and are waiting for that, but it's obviously a huge reveal who his father is if you don't know, and it's coming. They hinted at it a bit in that seventh episode, yeah. a memory flashback to a wheel. Yeah. with the an X on it for yeah. X-Men. So that should give it away if you don't know who yeah. it is. That's another possibility lurking in the background of this show. Are they really going to go there? Is, yeah. it, I mean, is that character going to come into this universe?
2: The explanation of King Farouk, I thought that was fantastic Great. too. Episode 7 is easily the best episode. Oh, it's just so good. It's it is, uh, it's
3: non-stop action.
2: In the first episode, like I said, they have that one scene that if you were falling out of it, there're actually two scenes. Yeah. If you're falling out of it, that pull you back in him breaking out of the insane asylum and then him in the pool.
3: Yeah. That's the pool scene is awesome. Uh, Going back to episode seven real quick too. leading up to that silent film. They have this cool dynamic uh, with the glasses where one, you know, you're seeing one thing without the glasses glasses on. You're seeing what's actually happening. And that's really, they did that really well. It's just the whole, all the cinematography and the directing in episode seven is just on point. It, It just, it's so good.
2: All right, Mac on the whole, What are you giving Legion
3: Um, season
2: one on FX
3: Legion season one? I am going to give it 39 hot dogs, 39 out of 40 hot dogs. I am subtracting one hot dog because I had to go back and watch two episodes. It wasn't as concise as it could have been. It got a bit convoluted, um, but overall, really great show. Um, The acting was great the writing was great the cinematography the directing um and the best part is there's so many things open for season two season three whatever the possibilities are really endless i didn't necessarily love the finale um but it was a necessary episode that sets up future seasons shadow king was a great villain a villain that really was just in david said like you didn't see a shadow king Really, almost ever. Um, and that's a great device. It's the villain's David, but David's the hero, too. So it's, it, it was, it's just a great dynamic, a great season of television, 39 hot dogs.
2: I got it at about 38 hot dogs, and there were a couple lulls during the season, but whatever. Great, great payoff. Episode 7 is one of my favorite episodes of any show right now. I was a little underwhelmed by Episode 8, but that was coming off of Episode 7. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, man. But then a day later, I'm like, okay, well, they tied up this. They tied up that. They're <laughs> yeah. setting up this, they're setting up that. And any part in the middle where I was confused, I'd be like, that was confusing, but that was dope.
3: Yeah, that's true. A lot of the confusing aspects were not even real. They were just in dream states, for example. Yeah. So it didn't necessarily take away from the show. But also, most of the confusing shots led to the best aesthetics of the show. The one question I have, and this ne- isn't necessarily a bad thing, depending on where they go. Everyone's still in play. Everyone's alive. Yeah, no one died except for the eye. Yeah, the, the, that's true. He died, but he wasn't Spoiler. really. Cent- he wasn't central uh, to the story. How do you feel about that? Do you think you know someone should have been offed? For example, like I mean, no, everyone survives that ridiculous fight. All those, I mean, maybe a couple of those uh, black guard guys. I agree. No, survived.
2: I'm cool with everyone living. I didn't see the post-credit scene when it first happened right
3: right and you were very upset about i that. was
2: very upset i was at i was, at because home. I was we, flipping my couch i, I was, think
3: we both had the same reaction to the finale meh, meh. it was all right yeah um and then two minutes later i texted you i was like holy shit what the hell was that and you're like wait what wait what happened was there a post-credit scene i was like yeah there was
2: yeah and what happened then is that you were like this changes everything and i'm yeah. like the post-credit scene must have been amazing
3: <laughs> it was okay no
2: it yeah, it, it, it obviously changes stuff. and It I, changes
3: the tone of, of the whole season, really, because yeah. now David is trapped in that stupid little orb thing, which I still don't know what it is. Is that from Division three? The Division three?
2: I would assume so. And what I don't want to see in season two, any episodes where it's him trying to get out of it or people trying to find him,
3: that's going to be the start of the season. Uh, I know, season, but though.
2: I want the season to just start off and just hit the ground running, not have these things of trying to find David. Right,
3: right. Well, yeah, I guess. And the other thing is now the Shadow King is in Jermaine's head. Yeah. Um, who is also a very powerful telepath.
2: Yeah, and, um, and what that might mean, too, is that King Farouk might not want to waste time. They essentially wasted time when in David's head, when they could have caused way more havoc. Yeah. Jump right in there and start doing some crazy shit.
3: Right. Well, here's the other thing, too, is Jemaine doesn't know that the Shadow King is in their head. Yeah. They have no idea. So now... The task for season two is obviously probably try and track down Jermaine. Yep. But before you can do that, now you need to go get David. So it's going to be interesting to see. Season two could start off a little poorly because it might, they might waste too much time trying to track down David. Yeah. Like you said, I actually kind of hope maybe it's solved within 15 minutes of the first episode. I don't want to see them trying to track down David.
2: Jermaine with his Chinese wife. Or was she Japanese? I don't know. Either way, recommend Legion. Yep. Don't give up on it.
3: No, yeah. I think after you get through two episodes, you're intrigued to where it's going. So I don't I don't think a lot of people dropped out. Uh, your girlfriend did. She was one. She does not like the show.
2: No, she watched every episode though.
3: Then like Well, it. you made her do that. So I didn't make her do anything. How <laughs> dare you? Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought I saw the <laughs> No, never mind. Tied her down.
2: (laughs) Um, This year for X-Men stuff, Mm -hmm. good job. Good redemption year for them.
3: Yeah. Obviously, Logan was a complete grand slam.
2: Giving us Logan and Legion, which is a movie and a show that is so far out of what they have done over the past 20 years, because in the past 20 years, they've given you cookie cutter. Yeah people are prejudiced this that and the other and this show had a little bit of that but it was mainly just them trying to control this one mute
3: and they're on complete opposite ends of the spectrum yeah logan wolverine is the most popular x-men yeah um and they had to deal with that great great job doing that legion no one knows anything about any of them i love the x-men it, may, it might, might be my favorite cartoon ever i don't know who legion is because he's not i might in the consider cartoons. you
2: an x man
3: <laughs> oh, um, Wes knew a bit of who Legion yeah. was And I actually I didn't know who Legion's father was So I went and looked it up And is that his mutant name, Legion? Are we sure about that? I think so It's gotta be, right? Uh, not a great mutant name But I had to go look it up And when you discover who that is And I'm sure you all maybe know by now It makes you like really, really excited Absolutely. for this show
2: Absolutely, yeah Alright, Jeff Another show out there mm. That you have watched That I did not want to <laughs> yeah. watch
3: you specifically said, please watch this because I don't want to. Correct. Uh, Marvel's Iron Fist. Yeah. Uh, so another Marvel installment here. Uh, and this obviously goes into the, the Defenders world, Hell's Kitchen. We had we started with uh, Daredevil Season 1. Then we had Jessica Jones. Then we had Daredevil Season 2, Luke Cage, and now Iron Fist. I might have messed up that order, but Iron Fist is the last Defender. Uh, so it's, there's been a lot of anticipation for this show because this is the last thing before the Defenders show. And the very first things we were getting were all terrible, terrible, terrible reviews. We spoke about this last week. All those reviews were based off the pilot episode. So my thought here is if you're someone who's a critic professionally reviewing shows and movies, how could you possibly write a review based off one episode of a show? That's just not doing your diligence. That just seems like you're giving into the clickbait. You want to be someone that writes a, a poor review about Legion.
2: All that yellow media. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's it just, I hate it. And the second part, um, the main criticism that came out from this is that Danny Rand isn't Asian. They didn't cast an Asian guy in the lead role. Iron Fist is not an Asian character in the comic books. Now, I know, I know yeah. that a lot of stuff has been whitewashed over the years. But I think they're trying to do a lot better, trying to stay true to characters. Speaking of Ghost in the Shell, they cast a blonde woman for the lead in animes. But that's something yeah. I think that's what people keep getting pissed I think off about.
2: It would have been a problem if they casted Luke Cage as a white guy.
3: Yes, absolutely. That, that would have been a big problem. But Danny Rand hang is the, white in the, the barbershop. And, and when you hear the origin story of Danny Rand of, of what happened, it makes sense that he's a white guy. It's not like they shoehorned a white guy in there. So I think that criticism you have to throw out the window. And moreover, the second lead in the show is Colleen Wing, an Asian woman. And she knocks it out of the park. She gets a shit ton of screen time.
2: And she has?
3: A nice tuchus. Yeah, a real go. nice tukus right, on there her. There go. Um, so, on that. <laughs> I just really I can't get on board with that criticism. It's just not accurate. And moreover, I watched the show. I watched all 13 episodes of the show. It's not great. It's not great. If some people don't want to call it good, that's good with me. I thought it was fine. I thought it's watchable. I'd describe it to you in this Was one. it a cooked or uncooked dog? Und- <laughs> uh, uncooked. It's a raw dog. It's a raw dog. Uh, a okay. raw, raw dog. A raw dog. I fell asleep twice trying to watch the Luke Cage pilot. It yeah. sucks. It's um, because you're a racist. Have- <laughs> the Iron Fist pilot starts off pretty well. They start the show in a really good spot. Like I said a bit with Legion, how it gets a bit convoluted. Iron Fist is all over the place, completely convoluted. By the end of the season, you're just there's so many storylines, so many layers to the story that it does take away from it. So in that respect, it's no one's going to sit here and call it a great show. However, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good show. True comic book fans might be kind of bummed out because there's not a lot of powers. Iron Fist isn't a great hero. He has like one power. He centers and focuses his chi. That's how he can punch. Strong. Cheese. chi, Cheese. Cheese. Its. Cheese. He eats a lot of cheese. Oh, that's cool. But his power isn't great in terms of like fun action scenes. You're not going to get a lot of that. And the action scenes at the beginning of the show weren't great. The first few episodes, not great. But once Colleen Wing becomes a factor and her and Iron Fist start fighting together, then you get some great action scenes. Are
2: there any like memorable scenes?
3: In the finale, there is one really awesome Iron Fist scene. Okay, I'm not going to give it away. I'll let you guys watch it. But it shows some of his uh, potential as a mutant. Is he a mutant? superhero. Superhero, yeah, but I guess uh, he's got a mutation. No, it's not even. He doesn't even have a mutation. That's the thing. He's just not. Iron Fist isn't a great hero, so it was destined to not be a great show. However, I think it's uh, very watchable. I didn't hate any of the episodes. I did start to hate some of the characters, in particular, Ward. He's quite annoying. I thought I liked him at first. Now I hate him. Very annoying. Uh, He plays an annoying character, so maybe he's doing a good job. Um, But I thought the acting on the whole was pretty good. Some people don't like Danny Rand. I thought he was fine. It's a tough role to play. There's so many aspects you have to consider. The show starts off at a pretty high point, and it does come down. It is, you know, If, I, if I'm if i giving it a hot dog rating, I'm probably giving it about 28 out of 40. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in that Batman versus Superman range where a lot of people aren't going to like it. However, I liked it. I thought it was a fine show. It's something that I'm probably not going to rewatch again, but it was fine. It was a necessary show. You had to do it to set up the Defenders. And Did you? You, you had to do it. You okay. had to do it because... Iron Fist is gonna end up being the moral center of the defenders. So he's gonna be play such a central role in the defender storylines that you had to give his backstory. I did read the suggestion that maybe you should have folded Iron Fist's story into Luke Cage, kinda of like how they did with Punisher in uh Daredevil. They should have, Which yes. maybe that was an option. That would have been nice, maybe. Um, but I like I haven't watched Luke Cage. You have watched yeah. Luke Cage. I don't know if I'm gonna watch Luke Cage.
2: That's fine. I'm probably not gonna watch Iron
3: Fist. <laughs> there we go.
2: It's what makes us similar that makes us great. Or different. I don't well, know. One of those two things. So does this have the same problem that I would say three out of the four seasons that they've had where 13-hour-long episodes are too much?
3: Uh, hurts it big time. Because by episode 10 and 11, you have a pretty complete story arc uh, for uh, you know an origin story of Iron Fist. The last two episodes just take away from the show. It's strictly to set up you know seasons 2, 3, or whatever, or The Defenders. It doesn't make sense with the show. The continuity, it's just a completely different show in episodes 12 and 13. The first 11 episodes are pretty good, a lot better when you just consider those 11. The last two are just really kind of throwaways. They're not terrible episodes, but it, like, it kind of had a completion of a, a storyline in episode yeah. 11. And episode 12 and 13 are just something brand new. So they should have just cut it off at 11.
2: Because I would say with Luke Cage, once Cottonmouth is out of the picture and you get Diamondback. Yeah like eight through 13 is like, all right, whatever. Well, that's, and then Jessica Jones, I think starts out the strongest. And then by episode eight or nine, you're like, skip to end.
3: Yeah. I don't know. See, we just disagree it's, on Jessica. It's Jones. so repetitive. Yeah, it is. It is. But at least it's got the same storyline. It's, it makes sense. I under, it's so it's it, simple.
2: It has the same storyline, but you can get rid of a lot of what's going on. That's probably there. true.
3: That's probably true. Iron Fist, the main villain in this show is The Hand, which we've seen in all of those other shows. And Armando. Yeah, it's The Hand and it's Gao, the old Asian woman, who are like the primary villains throughout this show. There is some somewhat of a twist towards the end. You know, I liked the twist. I don't think some people did. It just makes you wonder, like, The Hand is such a big, far-reaching thing. And I think West said this well. Claire, the night nurse, comes into this yeah. show around episode seven or eight. Does she mention forty times that she
2: knows a lawyer? She,
3: no, she she says, "I know some guys like you." Then it's you winking to the camera. <laughs> the the point though is this is was a pretty serious thing they they undertake the last few episodes. Why is she not just saying, "Hey, Daredevil, why don't you come help?" "Hey, Luke Cage, why don't you come help?" That's my kind of my. Hey, Jessica
2: Jones. <laughs> yeah, why
3: don't you come help? Uh, that's kind of my point. <laughs> At the end of this season, like this is something that it should be a defenders level stuff. It shouldn't be just Colleen Wing and just Iron Fist.
2: That seems to be the problem now with any non-team up superhero movie, yeah. where. In any Marvel movie now, when something giant's happened, you're like, why don't you call the rest of the <laughs> yeah. Avengers? Well, it, why don't you get the Hulk down and, here? And
3: it's a fair criticism, because at this point, everyone yeah. knows everyone. So if you're aware of someone that can yeah. help you, use that resource. In
2: Suicide Squad, you're like, why isn't Batman and the Flash <laughs> helping? <laughs> yeah. Or Wonder Woman? Why are you
3: trusting in these people? Well, that's like now with the Defenders, obviously that's not going to be an issue. But it, it'll be like, is Iron Fist going to say, hey, Daredevil, why didn't you help me You know, six months ago when I almost died?
2: Because we weren't sharing the same universe then.
3: (laughs) They do have some explaining to do. When you insert Claire the Night Nurse into it, that ties everything together. So, With the Lucky Land
0: Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. She's the resource there.
3: Get help. Just get help. They travel to China and stuff. Things go a bit off the rails. So it starts off well, gets worse, but overall is fine. It's a fine show. You're not going to hate it if you watch it.
2: So Mac is giving it a hot dog. 28 28 hot dogs. 28 hot dogs. And right on our Fred Taylor. All right, we'll be right back with some more Mac and Goo. Do you love buying random stuff in one place but don't have an Ann in Hope, Walmart, Kmart, Sears, or Caldor's near you? Look no further, Rockstar. Bradley's is the department store you're looking for. Whether you need canned chili. Or just looking to kill time.
3: Bradley's is the place you want to be. Bradley's. How do they do it? You know what? We just have the best sponsors here at the Mac and Goob program. We,
2: we really do. Hopefully they all stay in business.
3: I just love layaway.
2: My dear Mac and Goobers, welcome to the trailer park.
3: na 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 It was nice that you could get uh, Master Splinter for that voiceover.
2: Thank you. Mac, the trailer park, the big trailer that came out last week, mm. Spider-Man Homecoming.
3: Yeah, we just missed it by a day or two. It sucked we did. that we couldn't talk about it last week. We did well, talk we, about the promo art.
2: Yeah, well, we couldn't jam it into the WrestleMania one because Sarge <laughs> would not have that. Yeah.
3: Where's your wrestling posters?
2: All this Marvel
3: shit. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. I really enjoyed the trailer. It was a yeah. little too much. They gave us a little too much. A bit too much. But I am very excited for this movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wish that they didn't show us as much Tony Stark about him giving him the suit, taking the suit away, all that stuff. I do like the line where he says to him, uh, if you're nothing without the suit, then you're nothing with the right, suit. Right, right. I do like that because that kind of goes back to Iron Man where he kind of thought the exact same way, mm-hmm. which makes more sense for Iron Man because he truly has no powers. I <laughs> think they could have showed less on the ship. They didn't need to show us the plane, and they could have showed us a little less of the Vulture.
3: I actually didn't mind the Tony Stark aspects because I wasn't sure what the tone of this movie would be or the plot, and now that I know that it's kind of Tony Stark ripping away the power he had given Spider-Man, and now he's trying to redeem himself, I think that's going to make for a great movie because, like we just talked about in a universe, why doesn't so-and-so call him or why doesn't he call her? That would have been the number one issue in Spider-Man, but now we know... He's not supposed to be acting as a superhero because it's a little under the radar. So he's basically telling him, don't take on Vulture by yourself. And he's saying, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to prove myself.
2: They also shouldn't have given away the Captain America cameo, although hilarious and awesome. I didn't even catch that part. He's on the VHS. Oh, oh, yeah. I yeah, took his yeah. shield. <laughs> um, one thing that we're kind of getting from it, too, is, I mean, this is just speculation, but the timeline of this movie, mm-hmm. it looks like it starts during Civil War, and then it picks up immediately after Civil War.
3: Just to clarify, so you think by the end of this movie, we'll be after Civil War after. or right before? No,
2: so I think that this movie starts right in the middle of Civil War. Them okay. getting into the limo yep. as Tony Stark picks him up. Yeah. And then you probably don't see any like Civil War stuff. But then go to credits, and then you come out, and then it's after Civil War. Okay, I, or it's semi. No, in, that like, makes the middle sense to do that. It makes and sense then, to do that. Absolutely. I think that Tony. Feels like a father to him, maybe because he's banging his aunt. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Tomei. No, I think that Tony is going to take a father like approach to him. Half of the Avengers now are no longer on Tony's side. Right. And Tony feels right. bad about writing the Sokovia it's Accords. It's almost like
3: making him. Them... <laughs> yeah, there, there we go again with the Sokovia course. I'm
2: telling you right now, Tony's not a follower.
3: Tony's a doer. Tony wrote the Sokovia it's, Accords. It's very possible.
2: He's not going to follow Thunderbolt Ross. Please.
3: <laughs> that guy's a PUD. Next two installments we have in Marvel is this and Thor Ragnarok. And they couldn't be any more different in yeah. terms of impact on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because, actually, we're getting Guardians, too. I, we are. Yeah, spoke. we're also getting Guardians. Yeah. Which is going to be dope. Yeah. Um, but Spider Man is literally going to have no impact on Spider-Man's the Spider Man's going to be
2: shrunken down, which doesn't mean it's awesome. going to be like
3: Ant Man in yeah. that respect, where yeah. it's going to be a great movie because they don't have to worry about all the Marvel yeah. stuff. It's whereas, just going to be his story.
2: Whereas Thor, I think, jams in a lot of stuff between an Infinity Stone and a bunch of cameos. you got to kind of sell, be like, well, Thor is going to have a lot of stuff in it, people. You got to go watch it. <laughs>
3: yeah, he cut his hair.
2: Because two prior Thor movies are not very good.
3: Do you think he gets his hair cut with like an axe, or do you think a barber does it?
2: He does have an axe now. He might right. have lost his do hammer. you think he cut his own hair with his like, axe? Do you think when he lost his hammer, he's like. It's time. And then he just took the act. and he just chops it off. <laughs> kind of like Kimberly did in the Power right? Rangers. Maybe yeah, he sent out, a, sent out like a dick pic or something. Maybe
3: a, a moment in that movie will be him watching the Power Rangers movie and be like, you know what? I am I feel very empowered right now. I'm going to snip my hair.
2: Jeff, something else that came out this week yeah. is that Justice League is going to tip the scales <laughs> at close to three hours long.
3: Now, we had opposite reactions to this. Yeah. It's similar to flights, I have a hard time sitting still for more than two to two and a half hours. When we get close to the three hour mark, I start getting antsy. I want out. I, I, it could, doesn't matter what it could Jeff's
2: be. Got I, in I could be
3: in a, a sexual rendezvous with 35 Playboy Playmates. If we're hitting three hours, I want out. I'm done. That's it for me.
2: First off, after like three minutes, sex gets boring.
3: <laughs> that is a hot take. That is a hot take. Like, guys, can I just finish? You, Jesus. That, that, is, that might be your worst take ever. Um, but my point is... <laughs> Brevity, man. Brevity. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, not, not saying I'm not brief, but <laughs> uh, if I if they expect me to sit in this theater for three hours to watch fucking Justice League, it better be a fantastic movie.
2: I think one of the reasons why it's so long is because there's so many slow-mo scenes.
3: <laughs> it's really if a two-hour movie, but if half if, of it's in slow-mo? If they get rid of the slow-mo,
2: it's, it's like <laughs> roughly two hours. No, I actually don't mind it being close to three hours because the... Batman vs. Superman theatrical cut yeah. is an abortion. Oh. <laughs> it is a piece of crap. And it is. Edited, two movies. It's, it's edited, two movies. It's edited horribly. Yeah. Uh, none of it makes any sense because all Superman's uh, stuff is cut out. Yeah, And it sucks. The director's cut, yeah. the three hour long version, gave you a really good storyline of why these two actually hated each other.
3: Yeah. Well, think about it. If they just the made that. The mo- last
2: hour still sucked. If but- they had
3: just made that movie an hour 45 to. To two hours of just Batman v Superman stuff with and no not, doomsday and not Dawn of the Justice League, yeah, then it would have been a good, uh, probably a really good movie. I agree, uh, but then you bring Wonder Woman in with her guitar solos and you got uh, Doomsday there, just I don't know, doing whatever he you, was doing. He's
2: still gonna cut Jesse Eisenberg out though,
3: yeah. I guess he was maybe the worst part of it, but I didn't what, hate him. What's really he, weird, I didn't hate it.
2: What's really weird though is that in the three hour long version you're given all of these motives, like yeah. more
3: and more motives. Were there more piss jars in the three-hour? Uh, no, just the one. Okay.
2: But it still comes down to, I captured Superman's mom, and that's why you're <laughs> going to fight. Because Superman that. still was building actual hatred towards Batman. Yeah, and, and vice and, versa. And then you just suddenly got that, and you're like, that is stupid.
3: Yeah, no, but, but that's why it's two movies. They said, what are we going to do to make these guys team up? And, and they used the worst device ever. That was a terrible, terrible device. They tried to explain it with Martha Wayne's casket thing or whatever it was i know know. they they shoehorn that in there so it's just like they had a good movie there they had a good movie and they tried to they tried to outreach everything
2: you know what's weird is that me and you our mothers have different names yet we're still friends (laughs) what makes us different that That is an
3: interesting fact yeah wow how about that how could we be
2: friends the other piece of dc news Mm. would be joss whedon is going to direct, write, and do everything for the Batgirl movie.
3: Yeah, and I'm actually shocked that we have a Batgirl movie because she's not, she's been in no movies ever. The only Batgirl we got was what, in the 96. Alicia 96? Silverstone. Yeah, and, and that was horrible. So
2: let me say this Batgirl's actually a dope character.
3: She is, she is one of the awesome characters, one of the best characters in DC.
2: Whether it's Batgirl, whether it's Barbara Gordon, whether it's Oracle. Oracle, right. Obviously, we're not going to start off with her as Oracle, but but she's an awesome character. And we're getting a Batgirl movie and a Nightwing movie. We're getting, and this is what they should be doing, give me the entire Bat family. (laughs) I don't care about anyone else that DC has. Just give me the Bat family.
3: So... I'm very excited because Josh Whedon is awesome. Yeah. Um. So that should be a good movie. I hopefully, but they might be done by then. Like if they have if Wonder Woman sucks, <laughs> yeah. if Justice League sucks, yeah, they're not making a Batgirl movie. They're just not going to do it.
2: So we've heard rumors of who people want to play Batgirl. A lot of people are saying Emma Stone. Would you want <sighs> Emma Stone? No.
3: No. First of all, if Emma Stone were to do it, she'd have to put on like 25 pounds of muscle.
2: I say she'd break very very easily. Yeah.
3: One punch to the gut and she's like a putty. She's done.
2: Want well, to know who I want? Who? Chloe Grace Moretz.
3: Ooh, from Kick-Ass.
2: From Kick-Ass. I love and her. Na- neighbors 2. She's about 20 years old right now. Give it about two years, so she'll be about 22 when the movie comes out.
3: She's amazing in those two Kick-Ass movies. Yeah. And, and fight scenes in particular. She's yeah. a small girl, and she does a great job at selling yeah. that stuff.
2: Also, when Joss Whedon writes an action script, he still has a lot of levity and humor in it. Mm-hmm. And she's a funny girl.
3: Yeah. I will say, we have talked about it before, I think on our year in review episode, um, the worst movie I saw last year. The Fifth Wave, she starred in it. Yep. Nothing, I can't defend her on that one. I like Chloe Grace Moretz a lot. I think she's been, as a child actor, she's done a lot of good things and not much shit, which is difficult to do. Um, she was very funny in Neighbors too. yep, uh, So she, she has all aspects you would want yeah. for a Batgirl.
2: Uh, let me just say two things. With her... Give me someone young and someone that's hungry and someone that you can build this character around. Exactly. Kind of like Hugh Jackman. You want to give it to someone that does not have a big resume behind them. Make this person, make this character theirs. Also, don't have sex with Batman.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Chloe Grace Moretz is a good-looking young lady. I think Batman's gonna want to have sex with her.
2: Even if it's 50-year-old Ben Affleck. Well, actually, yes. 50 year old, we, no, we, we know the 50 answer. 50-year-old Batfleck
3: yeah. looks pretty good. We know the answer to that. Let's all go to the
2: Goovies. These guys are pretty neat. All right, Mac. A recent Goovy that I finally took in. Yeah. I think a movie that everyone in the world has seen. I have not seen it. Everyone in the world has seen. Maybe 4 <laughs> times, I don't know. Okay. Beauty and the Beast.
3: Let me preface this. Yeah. Um, Many of our listeners might already know, because Goo live-tweeted his viewing of Beauty and the Beast, which is just a complete savage movie. It was his first viewing. It wasn't like he'd seen it once, and he's like, oh, i got to live-tweet this. He said oh, I'm going to live tweet my first
2: I saw the animated version. It's the exact (laughs) same movie with a couple of really weird moves.
3: Yeah, so I think I told myself I probably won't see this in theaters because I know what's going to happen in the movie. And also, I don't think the CGI beast looks great.
2: The CGI in it looks very, very wonky. And if Mm. you want to follow along on Twitter, you can hashtag Goody and the Beast.
3: (laughs) By the way, one of my favorite... Often used terms by you is wonky. Great word.
2: Okay, so the one thing that this movie does well at the beginning yeah. is it explains how this prince with this giant castle who rules over a land, mm-hmm. how no one like misses him or is like, what happened to that prince? <laughs> she actually says in the spell, people will forget that this place is even here. Forget about you. Forget about everyone that's in this room. So that at least okay. answers that question. Yeah, yeah. Also, so what's weird about that too is that the person that puts the spell on him is this enchantress.
3: <laughs> who? The DC villain?
2: Sadly not. Aww. But it is this person who is essentially a homeless person that is filthy. It's How a,
3: come all witches and warlocks are homeless?
2: Know. It's this filthy old lady who comes off the street and she's like, let me stay in your house. And he's like, no. Think
3: about Gandalf. And he was kind of homeless.
2: And I understand that Prince Edward in this is like supposed to be 12, even though he's not. He's actually
3: played by the main star of Legion. Yes, I did yes. know that. But okay. he's CGI, so not yes. really.
2: He's like, no. And I'm like, I'm 28 years old, and I wouldn't let this lady in my house. People <laughs> seem to just walk into like this castle, and they're like, let me stay here.
3: Well, if no, you have, get the fuck out. Yeah, but if you have a castle, like you could live with her for three stay years and West never wing. see her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> One thing that this movie might have done that they shouldn't. So making this movie now makes me question if the original cartoon was actually good. Okay, that's a, fair. It's
3: a really bad story. Line. I'll tell you this. I know of uh, at least two people that were upset with your Beauty and the Beast takes.
2: That's too goddamn bad.
3: So you're creating content. You're content guy. <laughs> it's,
2: it's like, oh, look at Belle. She's so peculiar. She reads books.
3: Um, look at her trying to learn. Was Emma Watson good?
2: She wasn't bad. This entire movie, okay. every character in it is super forgettable.
3: Would you rather watch Beauty and the Beast again or Power Rangers again?
2: Maybe Power Rangers. Okay, but, but it's, it's close. It's close. Okay. Power Rangers was fine but it's not something where I'm like, I have to go back and look for Easter eggs.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely.
2: So in her opening song, she's essentially just walking through town mocking all of like, the townspeople. <laughs> she's like, look at this average baker. What a schmuck.
3: Did he not hum a piece of bread
2: at her? He's just trying to provide for his family. That's all <laughs> he's trying
3: to do. That's like uh, Hunger Games right there. Throws bread at PETA.
2: So Belle says that she wants more with her life. Yet right. at the end of the movie, she's more than happy with being in love with her capturer.
3: <laughs> That's a Stockholm Syndrome type of situation.
2: Just the entire movie, like everyone's like Bell's different. F her, she sucks <laughs> the entire
3: movie. Well, yeah, that that gets annoying. That would get very annoying. Yeah,
2: all of like the Italian people, are like Gaston. Why are you in love with her? She likes to read.
3: <laughs> She's one of them learned folks. Yeah.
2: One thing that I'm really disappointed in, I really thought the live action version would show Gaston eating all those eggs. <laughs> he didn't. Hey, uh. he did not. Maurice. Is a terrible father. He rivals Peter McAllister. Okay. All right. He is a horrible father. So much like the old homeless lady, he walks into the castle and he just like he walks around, he's like warming his ass. Do with they like have to fire. go through
3: like this elaborate gate and bridge to yeah. reach the castle. Yeah,
2: he walks like all this stuff and he's like lets himself in. And, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, if the person that owns this house finds you, you should be their prisoner. I agree with that. This movie is set in France. Okay. Everyone but one character has a British accent.
3: That is weird. That is very weird. Yes. Are, are you just bad at telling accents, or is that true?
2: Everyone has a British accent. Has a version of a British accent. Okay. Wow. Which is insane. The
3: Beast as well? Yeah. Because the, the because that guy is British. The Legion yeah, guy. Yeah, I know. And okay.
2: everyone has it. The one character that does not is the Candlestick, and he sounds a little Cajun.
3: <laughs> a little Remy Lebeau.
2: A little Cajun. Um, Mrs. Potts has a Cockney accent, and let me tell you this.
0: Very annoying. What about... No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MiniHealth understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
3: Jack Black. Who's Jack Black
4: Josh Gad.
2: Josh Gad definitely plays it over the top. And in the original Beauty and the Beast, LeFou is one of my favorite characters. And I understand what they were trying to do. But it wasn't very good. They tried to make him like the outside observer of this town, and I didn't much care for
3: that. I'll tell you what. I liked Josh Gad a lot when he kind of burst onto the scene. Obviously, Olaf and Frozen. Um, Him and Billy Crystal's show (laughs) on FX. Uh, He sucked in that Adam Sandler movie, and it sounds like he wasn't great in this. So I'm a little little wonky on Josh Gad.
2: When the clock and Lumiere were walking around mm-hmm. cobbl I don't know what the hell his name is yeah but. sure when they're walking around they have like this really weird look to them as if they're puppets that are walking around and i hate seeing puppets walk around like like, like- uh, string puppets? No, like when Alf would walk around Like when you see oh, Alf's okay. feet I gotcha. It really, really creeps me out What are string or puppets
3: called, by the way? Marionettes That's the one
2: Or Muppets Take Manhattan Right,
3: the American classic Yeah, when they're on those bikes
2: <laughs> And they have like those super long legs Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one of the creepier scenes it in is. American yep. history <laughs> A barge Gaston is roughly the size of a barge A barge is a large ship
3: A barge is large, you didn't know that
2: A large shipping vessel
3: Did you not know that?
2: I just wanted to look it up and just let everyone know. Yeah, barges
3: barge is like uh, they make, they have trash barges or like uh, for Fourth of July. Yeah. They have a barge of fireworks out yeah. in, in the river.
2: When you come to Gaston, mm. there's something missing. The look is almost Could there.
3: Could it be his human form?
2: <laughs> the <laughs> attitude is almost there. He needs to be bigger. He needs to, his voice isn't deep enough. He needs to be the biggest person in every room, and it felt like he did not fill that out properly.
3: Yeah, well, with Gaston, you almost have to CGI him because in the cartoon, he is this gigantic human being. Like, you almost had to get, like, a wrestler to play him. Yeah,
2: I mean, he felt like an asshole, but he wasn't this giant asshole that you hated. Okay. You were like, Gaston isn't that bad. (laughs)
3: Like, I don't mind him.
2: Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm cool with Gaston. The Beast wasn't that bad, actually.
3: Okay. Well, that's surprising. It was inconsistent in the trailer. I thought he looked good in some shots in the trailer and not very good in other shots.
2: So what they also did, too, is that the servants, as time went on, would become more and more like the item that they were.
3: (laughs) That's actually kind of funny.
2: Yeah, so I thought that was actually cool, too, because there was an actual timetable of, if you don't do this by a certain time, you will turn into a candelabra, (laughs) or you will turn into a clock. I thought that was cool. The feather duster could fly I understand it's supposed to be like some kind of a dove thing, mm, but okay. very unusual. The CGI in it had this feel like Return to Oz. Have you ever seen the sequel to The Wizard of Oz? It is spooky as shit. The CGI looked really weird. Like, if you look at Mrs. Potts's face, mm-hmm. it just looks like a teapot with eyes and a mouth put on it.
3: Yeah, it's a tough thing to do because it's a lot easier to draw a face on a cartoon thing than it is, you know, in a CGI. So I, I would say if it didn't totally suck, they probably did a decent job.
2: Be our guest. Actually, that was done pretty well. Mm -hmm. But my main question the entire time was like, where does this food come from? (laughs) Who's cooking this food? Who's cooking this food? Do they have livestock in the back? Does someone deliver? (laughs) Does someone someone just slaughter a cow? Does someone go to market? Because they haven't left the house in a while. So this food's either really old or they're getting the food from somewhere. Yeah,
3: or they get great storage. Great facilities at the castle.
2: The uh, famous line of, try the gray stuff. It's delicious. (laughs) I'm like... That sounds like the purple stuff
3: uh, from the Sunny D commercials. Right, right.
2: What do you want? Soda? Purple stuff? I want the Sunny D. <laughs> All,
3: people always ripping off Sunny D. The wolves in
2: this. Every time that you go in the forest, you are being attacked by wolves. The wolves don't kill anything. The wolves are really bad at being wolves.
3: That's like stormtroopers are really bad at shooting people.
2: At this point, Mort told me to put my goddamn phone away. In the theater. <laughs>
3: I actually, I, I wasn't aware you were live tweeting. I was with Moore and he pointed out, is Goo really live tweeting this? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Gooley and the Beast. What is it? Goody and the Beast. Goody, hashtag Goody, Goody and the beast. beast.
2: Any song that was not in the original animated movie, because I know that they did a special edition where they added more music into that. Yeah. Any new music stunk. It's not memorable, and it's effing stupid. Okay. So when Belle walks into the library of the uh, castle, She's like, I suddenly love him now. <laughs>
3: Books. 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 Just turn me on.
2: Yes. When she's eating with the Beast, yeah. I'm like, leave this part in, leave this party. And then I'm like, <laughs> the Beast still eats like my dad. <laughs> he just slopped that soup down like it was no oh, one's
3: Good whismiss. old Bill. That's fantastic. Your dad must really hate when you make fun of him.
2: He hates it. He <laughs> despises it. Another thought that came to me during the movie, yeah. I'm like, I would feel terrible for the servant that has to turn into either the beast's soap <laughs> or his toilet.
3: That is a, a nice observation. But then
2: I also thought too I'm like, remember back on the Flintstones when like the animals would be like, It's a living. <laughs> so I could see like the a toilet being like Rick Reverend," you know, like one of those guys. Oh, it's one of my favorite part of the Flintstones. So Belle doesn't know how her mother dies. Okay. Spoiler. Nothing really has any lead into it. Mm-hmm. This is a really bland movie.
3: Yeah, okay. okay.
2: The Beast is like, just imagine it. And, then we'll, and they end up in Paris. <laughs> it's like, what? He can teleport? That's a pretty cool Beast.
3: <laughs> well, it's his power as, as yeah. a mutant. You learn why Maurice left my wife.
2: Cry. And they had to go to the small village that is not Paris and all that crap. It's really, 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 really stupid. Okay. I did not like the teapot. I did not like her Cockney (laughs) accent, and I did not like her wonky CGI face.
3: Okay, fair enough.
2: And I did not much care for her singing. I thought it left a lot to be desired. Maybe it's because I'm comparing it to the original, or even the Ariana Grande version.
3: Ooh. Um, How was Emma Watson singing?
2: I thought it was better than La La
3: Land. Better than Emma Stone. Yes. Okay.
2: But is that really comparing it to anything? No,
3: because she wasn't good. Agreed. We just probably pissed off a lot of people by making fun of Beauty and the Beast and La La Land.
2: The Beast says something like, it'd be foolish of someone that looks like me to get the affections of a girl like you. And then you think about it and you're like, dude,
3: you have her captive. <laughs> like what? what? She has to do whatever you'd make her do.
2: But not only that, like, yeah, she's not going to like you, dude, unless she gets Stockholm Syndrome.
3: You're right. That's no. Well, that's my point. It's It's a Stockholm Syndrome movie. That's what it yeah. is.
2: For anyone who has the Stockholm Syndrome fetish,
3: <laughs> I'm sure they're out or, there. Or
2: bestiality.
3: Ooh, two birds, one stone. That's
2: right. At one point, what made this movie awesome for me yeah. was Maurice says something weird, or he's like, You can't marry my daughter. And Gaston just punches him in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, He went full Nick Cage. That's what I'm like, like. That is Wicker Man style <laughs> dope. And then not only does it, dude, he then ties him to a tree. And he says something like, the wolves will get you. (laughs) And I'm like, well, the wolves are really bad at being wolves. They probably can't get him still.
3: Maybe they're blind wolves. Possibly. Hmm. New wrinkle I just tossed in there. (laughs) Blew your mind.
2: Let's go ahead and jump to the end here. Okay. All right. As soon as the town finds out that there is a beast, everyone's like, there's a beast? There's a beast? F the beast. Let's kill the beast! (laughs) It's like, you guys are all banding Mob mentality. Mob mentality for something that you just found out about.
3: (laughs) Like, yeah, maybe he's a nice beast. Anyone go talk to him?
2: You then have the iconic final fight scene. Mm. Not between Gaston and the Beast, but between all of the servants and the village people.
3: That is awesome. Remember that? Yeah.
2: All of the furniture is like maiming and scorching (laughs) people's (laughs) face. Phenomenal. And lighting people on fire. Yeah. Very odd scene.
3: Hmm. Well, it is a kid's movie.
2: Overall final fight scene, Gaston and the Beast. Yeah. Not bad. Okay. It's actually not a bad fight scene. Which is it's, tough
3: to do with a human versus CGI. Yeah.
2: It's super short, though. It's like three minutes long.
3: That's okay. That's fine.
2: I would have preferred more. It you was,
3: wanted like a knockdown, drag out, slobber knocker.
2: Yeah. I wanted to see them both. You now. wanted a finisher
3: off the top rope.
2: Yeah. It was pretty short, and the Beast doesn't even kill Gaston. Gaston just like dies by accident. Spoiler well, alert, Gaston dies in Beauty and the
3: Beast. <laughs> maybe uh I don't know, maybe it was this time. Maybe he was secretly old.
2: The final dance scene, and this is the scene that get all the southerners pissed off. Yep. How dare that
3: man dance
2: with them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's like a screenshot, like a very small of LeFou
3: dancing with a man. That's ridiculous. I, people would just want to. I'm surprised get that it, about surprised everyone things. didn't
2: catch the gaze from
3: it. <laughs> um Question for you. Do you prefer your remakes to be completely true to the original, or do you like uh, different takes on things?
2: If you're going to do it completely with the original, Mm -hmm. you need to give me this giant spectacle. You need to make it bigger.
3: Okay.
1: Hmm.
2: The animation version, there are a lot of awesome scenes in it. Yeah. And the animation is fantastic in it. Yeah. And the back and forth between the candlestick and the clock is really, really good. In this, it felt weird because the items just look so weird.
3: <laughs> I I will here, my take on it is I appreciate old film. I like a lot of old films like your citizen canes. Yeah. I don't think films ever need to be remade unless it sucked the first time around. So or, if it was a really good yeah. film, just because it's old doesn't mean it needs to be remade. How about you just reintroduce it to people?
2: Well, guess what, Jeff? You're getting like 30 more of these. I know. I hate them Disney. all.
3: There's no I mean all these Disney movies are 20 to 30 years old. 25 to 40. I don't know. The
2: one that I don't understand is the uh, Lion King, because the Lion King is 22 years old. And for Mufasa, they're literally doing the same voice actor.
3: I prefer my remakes. If it was a good movie to just be a shot for shot remake, because if it's already good, don't tinker with shit. Just give me the same thing. Like if it was a really old movie, maybe I hadn't seen it. So just give me that. But new. What
2: if they give you scene by scene, but in a very boring way?
3: I'm probably going to like it if I liked the original. So I think I would probably like Beauty and the Beast. I, I'm not going to see it until it's you know on demand or maybe at the Redbox or wherever. But I know I'm not going to hate the movie. I just know I'm not going to hate it. You could actually call this
2: podcast <laughs> Mac
3: Likes I'm Everything. fond on most things. I like a lot of things. Yeah, I, that's accurate.
2: Uh, before I give my hot dog rating, I'm just going to tell you this Right, now. I'm going to call this. Yeah. For the Aladdin remake, mm. the person that will play the genie is Eddie Murphy.
3: Oh. Huh. You think Eddie Murphy is gonna play a Robin Williams's role? Yes. That could work. I cause That I, could work.
2: He has he already has a relationship with Disney. He was yep. in Mulan. Yep. He obviously does a lot of really good voice acting.
3: Yeah. I think that could work actually. And
2: they're they're gonna want someone that Is that's... that
3: your only suggestion for the movie? Or do you have more?
2: No, it's just a hot take. Okay. All right. They're gonna want someone that's bigger than life, yeah, that can sing, that can do comedy, that can do impressions. Yeah. That is the guy.
3: Well, the genie can't that, really sing. He's just just
2: hands. Yeah, and Eddie Murphy can he do would be that. perfect at that. The <laughs> other name that was thrown at me, and I would see this opening night if this was the case. Okay, is if John C. Riley was the genie, <laughs> I'd be all
3: no in. CGI, just him as the actual just genie walking
2: around. Doing, yeah, I'd be all in. That would be amazing. But they're not going to have John C. Riley. No. Yeah. No.
3: Uh. Did you want Eddie Murphy to do Bowfinger? Is that what you were thinking about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bowfinger, yes. Bowfinger's an amazing movie. So my hot dog rating, Jeff. Yeah. 18 hot dogs. Wow. 18. That is
3: low. 18. Dude. What would you give the original? Just for a scale here. Okay. For comparative. i
2: probably have to watch it again, because if these do have the same storyline, the storyline kind of
3: sucks. I would say they probably essentially have the same storyline.
2: Thinking back to it, it's a little bit shorter. Um, the animation makes up for a lot of the weird wonky CGI. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep on saying wonky. Wonky. I'd probably give the original 32, but it's also not my favorite Disney movie.
3: That's a pretty high score for something that you don't like the remake.
2: That's Disney Wheelhouse right so there. So
3: you don't like the movie, but you like it enough to not give it like a 7.
2: Agreed. Like, I like, like it.
3: it. You Would Would you say it's worth watching if you don't have to pay for it? Yes. Okay. Free. All
2: right. Watch it for free. All right. Gotcha. I was underwhelmed. Nothing stuck with I me. I
3: could... That I do agree with. I could see myself being underwhelmed with the yeah. movie, which would lead me to not loving it, but I would still like
2: it. I think every performance in it is very forgettable, Okay, and I was bored.
3: That's fair. I was so That's bored
2: fair. that I was tweeting
3: we throughout mi- the entire thing. <laughs> we might have to have a Mac goo viewing of the original. A, a Mac and gooing of the original. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Final thought. My final thought is uh, regarding the Mac and Gooey vote. Not here this week. Coming back next week. Don't you worry about it.
2: Well done, Jeff. <laughs> All right. You can find us on Twitter at Mac and Goo Podcast. You can find Jeff at Fleet with J. Mac Goo is at Goo Pogs. G-U. Not G-U. It is G. G-U. <laughs> G-U-P-O-G-S. Goo is back in pog form or on Facebook. There, macangoo.com. Get all the audio you can eat. Jeff, what happens if you rate, review, subscribe on iTunes? This is
3: very important. This is of the utmost importance, in fact. Uh, we would like all of you guys, we we plead with you, we beg of you, gain access to a way of reviewing us on iTunes, even if you're not on iTunes. Uh, if you do that, we're gonna get you a fantastic t shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear. That's Watertown Sportswear, 34 Mod Auburn Street in Watertown, Mass. www.WatertownSportswear.com. You can reach them by phone, 617-924-1840, or by email, wSwprintverizon.net. at Verizon.net. Watertown Sportswear are expert screen printers and embroiderers. They have an in-house graphic department. If you're looking for jackets, sweatshirts, jerseys, t-shirts, whatever you'd like, they got it. They can handle it. Bounce ideas off them in the email. Watertown Sportswear. 34 Mont Auburn Street, Watertown, Mass, 617 924 1840. www.watertownsportswear.com. Fuck sound! Yes.
2: <laughs> Blew my mind with that last part, man. Uh, once again, a big thank you to Chris Siderick for having us on up front. Had yep. a lot of fun talking Red Sox. Had a blast. And, uh,
3: having some hot sports takes. Yeah, if you missed our hot sports takes, catch us on up front with Chris Siderick.
2: Well, no, that's in the past. <laughs> I know. I you, just you wanted to say you, that. You can't Just catch wanted us. to say that. It's in the past. You can't go back in time. You can
3: You can praise us on Twitter.
2: <laughs> and don't forget, gang, uh, the Mac and Goo catalog. Mm. Evergreens, baby. Go back and listen to all those. All the audio you can eat everywhere now. <laughs> Maybe not the WrestleMania stuff. I don't know. That's up to you.
3: Goo, spoiler alert. Goo does not like wrestling. Don't pull the curtain back too far.
2: <laughs> all right. So that'll do it for Mac and Goo this week, gang. Thank you. And Tuesdays are Goose days.